sorry for the delay. For those on a live stream, the dog opened the office door, and I did not want it open for this. Anyway, what are we going to talk about today? Well, we'll probably have a really great turnout for the live stream. You know, we'll probably have three or four times the number of people who usually show up because we're going to go blood and guts, doom and gloom. Today, we are talking about, in spite of what the title says, because I messed that up with cut and paste from yesterday, this is dystopia. Wake up. And that's probably going to hurt our uh, our attendance because the that gone uh, title is wrong. I just noticed that now. Didn't change that when I used the template, but that's what we're talking about today. We're going to talk about, well, it's just that time of year, isn't it? It's just that time for things to happen where everybody actually believes things are about to get better or we're going to save society from the next guy that's going to make everything terrible. So what we have right now, we call this the Ass Clown Circus. And uh, because it's the Ass Clown Circus season, we're hearing the typical things we always hear around the Ass Clown Circus. We need to save our democracy. And I know that Brandon's using that as he campaigns from the basement. But guys, that's not the first time we heard that. It's not even the Trump era. It's not the first time that we heard save our democracy. I heard bullshit about saving our democracy when I was a kid in the 80s and shouldn't have been able to been even paying attention to this stuff. We're going to take our country back. Okay, sure. Sure. Which country? Well, United States of America. Now, what? United States of America 2017? United States of America 2007? United States of America 1776? What country? Which version? of the constant erosion of freedom and liberty. How far back are we going to reset when we do that? I'm going to upset some of you guys today. I'm sorry. It just is. How about hold them accountable? (laughs) You know, I don't quote the Bible a lot, but there's something from the Apostle Paul along the lines of when I was a child, I played with childish things, but now as a man, I put away those childish things. You're not going to hold them accountable. We're going to go through a whole bunch of shit that we like either found out or we already knew, but we got additional confirmation of this week, 100% ironclad. And people are like, oh, my God, and nothing. No one's going to pay. Nothing's going to happen. No one is ever going to be held accountable for what's been done. They're all going to get away with it. You have to grow up. That's what today's episode is about. It's about growing up. Not so we can just say, oh, screw it, it's the end of the world as we know it forever. If you have your preps, great. If not, you're going to die. Ah, no. Just that if we stop pretending that we have a solution that absolutely cannot, will not, and has never worked before, it's not going to work tomorrow because it didn't work yesterday or 100 years ago, we stop pretending that we can actually do the things that matter in our own lives. And, of course, this one. How many of you have heard this one before? How many of you already know what I am going to say? It's the most important election of our lifetime. Again, again, I've even heard some of the talking heads realize that they have overplayed this so much, but they can't let go of it, and they're still trying to use it, right? They're still trying to use it. And they'll say, well, I, I know we always say that, but this time it really is. And if you think about it, it really always is because with this kind of progression, everyone becomes more important. So it will be that way forever. 
So it's basically now, we know we're full of shit. We're saying it out in the open because we believe that the educational system that we created and the fluoride in your water have sufficiently softened your freaking brain that even if we tell you we're lying to you, you'll still believe us. And here's the thing. They're right. Or we wouldn't be hearing, save our democracy, take our country back, hold them accountable, in addition to the oft-repeated most important election of our lifetime. None of this means anything at this point. And and, and I'll be a, a, a pragmatist here. Sure, if you elect the orange man, he brings enough turmoil and chaos and some common sense along the way that it may slow the progression down, but it's not going to change the course, right? If we're hauling ass down I-95, right, and, you know, freaking the end of Florida, Florida man is the end of the line, slow the speed, eh, you might take a little longer to get there, but... You're still going there. And see this kind of stuff here. The Freemason Messiah of the right. He's not a Freemason. Quit saying stupid shit. Really. I mean, what is with folks? You guys grab on to these explanations that are outside of the obvious. Right? The secret society that has billboards, so you'll join them. Just give it a rest. Just accept that it is what it is. The system that you have to worry about. The system you have to worry about is not hidden somewhere else. It's not a bunch of guys with stupid aprons on telling stories and having a fraternity where they look out for each other. I'm not even saying they're good or bad, right? I'm just saying there's not your problem. I know I saw the picture of Trump wearing a robe and it said he was a Freemason, and then I looked at where the picture came from, and I'm not going to talk more about it, but I'm just saying it's stupid. Let go of it. Get off gab. Right. This is the problem we have today. We have had people split into two places, the Looney Tune world of like Gab. Right. And still believing the MSN. There's like no one wants to be in the middle where you actually interpret things for yourself. No, 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 no. We're going to read a book that some guy wrote so he could sell it in 1976. that tells us the truth about yesterday. OK. Anyway, moving on. We we, we can do something about all this. But if you're worried about Freemasons, you can't do anything about Freemasons. If you're worried about Donald Trump, you can't do anything about Donald Trump. If you're worried about Corinne Jean-Pierre, you can't do anything about Corinne Jean-Pierre. If you're worried about Anthony Fauci, you're not going to do anything about Anthony Fauci or Pfizer or Moderna or any of this shit until people figure out reality. Okay? Reality. Anyway. Uh, before we talk about the fact that we are already in the middle of collapse, we have already gone into the abyss. This is it. This is hell on earth. It's already happened. It's here. The fall you were preparing for, it's already happened in slow motion all around you. And the only reason people haven't completely lost their minds yet is because they don't realize it. But if you think about it, they have lost their minds. You wouldn't live in a world where people actually think men can have babies if they hadn't lost their minds. Okay? You, you know, and, and, and my friend here, St. Joseph, or Santi Joseph, the Masons didn't do that. Okay? The Masons didn't make people believe that men can have babies and breastfeed. The Masons didn't make people believe that it was okay for a roided up but hormone-taking man to compete in a combat sport 
with a woman. Now, that came from the intellectual class of lunatics. And why are people losing their mind? Because when you have a collapse of society, people lose their mind. Anyway, before <laughs> before we dig into all this, and it's going to get rough and bumpy today, and I'm still a little distracted by the fact that I left that damn title wrong and I won't be able to fix it till after the live stream. Uh, we're going to go ahead and remind you of some other things that you can do to help yourself in the world today. One is you can plant some trees. You know, I just saw a meme and it said, what do you think 2024 will bring? And the lady says flowers. And the guy says, why would you think that? And she said, because I'm planting flowers. You can plant flowers, you can plant vegetables, you can plant trees. Lots of things you can plant. Nick Ferguson at Rare Plant Store has put together some awesome packages this year. He's got his Deer Garden Guild, his Fuelwood Guild, his Hybrid Willow Unrooted Cuttings. They're a great deal because they're stupid cheap because they're just cuttings. Uh, the fodder tree packages, all the stuff he usually has. And I just told him, you need a mega pack where, like, it's something from everything. And uh, he said he'll put that together. He's on a podcast right now himself. He'll put that together after he gets off that later today. But check out rareplantstore.com and just you know, kind of remember Nick sells out of this stuff every single year, year after year after year. Uh, he's not really a sponsor of the show with that today. Just a little, you know, helping out a friend to promote. And I think you guys need to know about those trees that he has available at great pricing before they're gone again. Next up today, though, our sponsor today, number one today is the Wealth Studying Podcast with John Pugliano. John is one of us. He is an actual prepper. He's a real-world prepper. He's not a guy that says he preps so he can sell his other services. He's also an investment manager, and he has a, uh, just an awesome podcast called the Wealth Steading Podcast. You should totally check it out, subscribe to it, etc. If you're on value for value like Breeze or Fountain or something like that, he's on there too. Send him some sats, support him for all the work he does to support this community. He has been supporting us with advice and service for Oh, God, 14, 13 years, something like that. I first met him in 2010, and he's been working with us ever since. So he's no Johnny-come-lately, even though he indeed is named John. Next up today, Canine Academy from Joel Riles. Uh, Joel's become a great grand friend to the show as well. I'll have him speak at just about anything I ever do. Uh, he's just a really smart guy, and he's a great dog trainer. He put together Canine Academy to make his ability to train humans so they could train their dogs more scalable than having to go to Florida to learn. And you can find all of his courses available at canineacademy.us. With that, let's go ahead and dig back into um, this topic of kind of the doom and gloom of the world. And I know you guys, uh, for some reason, that's the one that everybody shows up for. But, of course, then again, I did put the wrong title on things today. Let's Let's get into it. So let's... Let's just talk about, and usually when I do something like this with current events in it, I have a link to every story. I didn't do that today. If you doubt anything that I tell you and you actually care about the truth, any one of these bullet points you can verify within a few minutes for yourself. So I'm just going to go through them kind of quick and talk about the fact that people are under a complete delusion right now that because, oh, wow, the truth came out, it matters because it doesn't. Here's an example. In the last month, last few weeks, really, Tony Fauci had to testify in front of Congress again. He flat out admitted to hiding facts, 
during the, the COVID pandemic. He admitted to making up and accepting arbitrary rules about social distancing and masking. So that also leads to things like, you know, supporting and advocating for shutdowns of society and ruining people's lives. So this man, who was the highest paid bureaucrat ever in the history of the country, was in power for 40 years, never elected to any office, had more impact on policy than any other human being on the planet when it came to what we did in response to COVID, admitted to lying and making shit up and fucking lives up for people all over the world, let alone the United States. And guess what? You know what's going to happen? You're not going to hold him accountable. He's not going to have his feet go to the fire. He's not going to get an orange jumpsuit. He's going to retire happy, and he's going to make big, giant checks for doing speaking engagements. That's the truth. You don't want to hear it. I don't care. I'm not here to tell you what you want to hear. That's the truth, and you best accept it. You're a man or a woman. Put away the childish things. All right, you want to go play a video game once in a while, have some fun. That's all good and well. But when it comes to how you live your life, put away make-believe in childish things because it's a fantasy. It is a fantasy. No one is going to do anything about it. No one with the power to do anything about it wants anything done about it. And we're not done yet. We're, we're going to keep going here, and it's only going to get worse from here. You know what else happened in the last couple of weeks? The Department of Justice didn't only admit that the Hunter Biden laptop was real and all of the things that were on it were legitimate and actually happened and really were from his laptop. They didn't just admit that. We we, we already knew that. Now, now, the people that want to run Coverflyer keep saying, well, but they didn't have the actual laptop. They had a, a hard drive of the data from the laptop. So we don't really know if it's this. No, we know. And the reason we know, what we found out this week, if we were paying attention, is, well, the Department of Justice admitted they didn't just have Hunter's files from the laptop and that the laptop was real. They had all the data, all the damning data, long before anybody had the laptop. Because there was an active investigation into Hunter Biden, even though they said there wasn't. And they had a subpoena, or a, what do you call it, a warrant that was issued to Apple and Hunter was such a genius that he allowed all this data, all this, like, pictures of him banging hookers and doing dope and passed out in his tub. Right? He put it all on iCloud. Like, you can't make this shit up. The DOJ had sent a, 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 a warrant to Apple who gave up the data because they had a legitimate warrant for it. They had all the information before anybody had the laptop. And they hit it and they lied. And they had a member of their team reach out to social media platforms and say this story's coming and it's misinformation and it's from Russia. And who will pay for it? No one. Who will get fired for it? No one. Who will go to jail for it? No one. Who will be held accountable? No one. Whose feet will be held to the fire? No one. Yes, it's true. You were right. You can tell your friend Karen that you were right. She will or won't believe you, but nothing will happen. Absolutely 100% nothing's going to happen, including if the orange man wins. Still, nothing's going to happen. Maybe a personal tool will get fired if the orange man wins, but the guy has actually proven himself too stupid to cut rope and get rid of people, except the ones he hired personally that he made a mistake with. The people that were entrenched in the system, he kept them all. He didn't drain the swamp. He clogged the pipes to make sure it didn't drain, even though it's not, I don't think he intended to. He just isn't very good at handling the thing he promised to do. And I think it was because 
I really don't know what to do, and I can't get rid of it. It's like buying a company and having no real expertise in how to run that company, and you can't get rid of everybody, so you have to keep some of the people there, and you end up keeping the ones that were the worst choices to keep because you kept the ones at the top because they know what's going on, but they're also the ones that did it all. It'll happen again because history, if it doesn't repeat, at least it rhymes. It won't look the same, but it'll look very similar. Oh, the judge in the Trump case this month has openly insulted Trump in court, called him names in court, said, and I do quote, you're just a very bad man, in a trial that is a bench trial with one judge. He has openly stated animosity and bias against Trump in a trial against Trump where he is the sole arbiter of guilty or innocent. And nothing will happen. Nothing will be done. No one will ever pay for it. He will not be impeached. He will not be removed from the bench. He will be protected for the rest of his life. He'll probably retire soon if you look at him. And he will also get great big sums of money to run around and give speeches to people who are too stupid to know that they're stupid and they have more money than brains. That's what's going to happen. You know, and here, Dark, Dark Horse, Trump did pretty much what he could, but he alone can't. Yeah, he alone can't fix things. But stop making excuses for the man. Stop making excuses for the man that said, lock her up. Yeah, lock her up. Pointed out accurately the absolute criminal corruption of the Clintons. And the day after he was elected, after he had promised to appoint a special prosecutor, right, said, oh, I don't want to go after them. They're good people. Stop making excuses for that guy. Because as long as you are, you're still living in this little fantasy world that maybe he can do something for us. No, you better start doing it for you or you're screwed. You're screwed. Oh, then yesterday, the Supreme Court of the United States and the absolutely compromised Chief Justice John Roberts, who I said this about over 10 years ago with the Obamacare decision, and I got ruthlessly attacked by my own people for saying it, he is compromised. This man is not coming down in case after case after case. Some yes, but many no, in a way that is consistent with what he says. What they said yesterday, him and Barrett sold out the state of Texas, sided with the liberal morons, and said Texas has no right to defend its border with Mexico, is the important part, inside a state park that Texas fully and wholly owns. See, this is not being reported as accurate once again. It's not being reported as accurate. It's being reported as, well, Texas is just shutting down the border with Mexico. No. No, there's thousands of other miles of Texas-Mexico border that people can cross at. This is an Eagle Pass. It's a very small piece of the border. And it's all 100% inside property owned by the state of Texas as Texas State Parks. And if you want to go there, you have to pay to get in. This was the strategic decision that Abbott's administration made. We'll take this one place where we have this huge problem. It's state owned. And we will enforce the law, which is you don't get to come into the state park without going through the gate and paying your fee. If I break into the state park, they'll arrest me for trespassing and prosecute me for it. I'm not going to sing, sing or nothing over it, but they'll do it, won't they? Yeah, that's all it is. That's all it is. They put up razor wire because people were coming in illegally to the park. 
They just happened to also be coming into the country illegally. They were being processed if they got through and released. And all they had to do was go somewhere else to get across. But we can't have that. Why? Because your federal government has just made very clear they have no interest whatsoever in preventing one person from coming into this country illegally unless that person might, like, oh, upset their apple cart. They're completely fine with millions upon millions of people that we know nothing about coming into our country and being released anywhere they want to in the country. As long as you don't send them to the places that say they want them, like Chicago and New York. Now, you know what's going to happen? Abbott says, we're going to keep fighting. I don't know who you're going to fight, Abbott. I'll tell you what I would do on principle. I would back off the border about 15 feet, tell the border patrol, go ahead and cut the wire since you have a court order. But anybody that steps foot in this park, we're still arresting for trespassing and illegal entry and anything else we can come up with. Because the whole point was just make them go elsewhere and stop stressing Border Patrol past its capacity. But what will happen? Nothing. Just push the country a little more toward a civil war. That's all you've done. Must be what they want. If they keep, if you see your government continue to push for something, they must want it. That's the only logical conclusion. Oh, and every solution that they give you, by the way, is pretty much the opposite of what you should do. What they tell you during the COVID, don't go outside. What was the best thing you could do for your immune system during the COVID? Go outside. Told you to wear masks. What was the worst thing for your respiratory health? Walking around with a thing on your face all day, recirculating bacteria back down your throat. What do they tell you to eat? Grains and sugars. What's the worst thing for you to eat? Grains and sugars. What do they want to do? Turn the entire diet of human beings to insects and grains. They're easily stored commodities that can be processed, controlled, and taxed all the way through the system. What's the best thing to do for the environment, which is what they're doing this in the name of? Put animals in the system, create rotational grazing, stop tilling the soil, build back the biology that Earth ran on for billions of years without us. Exact opposite. Name me something. Go ahead. Anybody in here? Anybody want to advocate in any way for government in here? Go ahead. Do your best. Yeah? Do your best. Give me one piece of advice that government's given, you know, especially recently, not like, you know, government used to at least try. I, I could give you an example if I go back far enough. I can remember when I was in school and there were government-sponsored programs that pushed it through the school and they taught us to look both ways before we crossed the street, you know, and to look. You, you, you got the onward traffic to your left, so you, you look left, right, and left again before you go. So that was good. That was good advice, you know. What? What advice has the government given to solve a problem? Not not even policy, just advice, just suggestions. In the last 10 years, there was good advice that would actually address the problem. I can come up with zero. And all I can think of is the words of Stanford Beer. The purpose of the system is what it does. The purpose of the system is what it does. And what the system does is destroy liberty, erode freedom, grow government at the expense of the individual. That's what it does. That's what all the systems combined together do. Consolidates wealth, 
to the elite that are the closest to the money spigot. We call that the Cantillon effect, right? That's what it. So that's what the system is supposed to do. That's the purpose of the system. Now, the way how do you get people to accept that system? You just tell them that it's not what the system is. The reason democracies work better than monarchies isn't that one is inherently superior to the other. It's that people believe they have control of a democracy. But you don't. I'm telling you, change the entire elected government and almost nothing will change. I'll put it to you a different way. If they basically turned on a a money spigot so that we didn't have the government shutdown issue, right? They just left all the programs that are in place and none of them ever passed another law and none of them showed up for work. None of them came to work. No congressmen, no senators came to work at all for two years. You know what would happen? Nothing. Nothing would happen. Everything would pretty much look exactly like it does right now. There might be a little less theatrics on TV. It might be like getting rid of the NFL, which would actually have more impact because there's a lot of satellite business and, you know, revenue streams and stuff around the NFL. But if the NFL stopped playing football and nobody came up with a new football league, you know, the people who play fantasy football might be upset and all about it. But once it kind of like, okay, this is the way it is now, life would just go on. Nobody would die. Nobody get thrown out of their house unless they had a business selling like NFL engraved shit or something like that. They'd have to go engrave something else, but it wouldn't really matter. What it, the NFL does, we might get vested into it, but in a lot of ways, the NFL matters more than the Congress and the Senate because it is the bureaucrats who are, you never see, you never hear their names, that have the ultimate power. And what COVID's did is it gave you a very brief look at what these little dictators look like because they took two of them, Dr. Fauci and Dr. Neckscarf, and they put them front and center and said, listen to these people. And it was mind-numbingly stupid, the words that tumbled out of their mouths constantly, yet people sat there and ate it up. You can't fix this. You can only fix you. Millions upon millions of people at the beginning of the scandemic, sat breathlessly listening to every word that was the same words repeated over and over and over and over and over. Twelve hours into it, you've heard the same five minutes of information, however many times you can divide five minutes by 12 hours minus the commercials for drugs that will make the area between your ass and balls turn red and swell up, even though it's supposed to be for your A1C or whatever. So you got that, pillows, gold commercials, and you got the same message over every five minutes repeated. And people sat, oh. And in the little corner, they put a little box down there, put some numbers on it. It's supposed to be a running death count. Yeah. How many people died? And they believed it. They watched that. Any common sense evaluation, there is no way they would know what that number is. There's no way they could approximate what that number was. When they finally actually started, right, when they finally actually started to put out solid data on the number of cases and deaths and whatever, they were putting out deaths that occurred four months ago. This is well into it, but yet in the very beginning, five days into it, they knew exactly how many people were dying every second in real time, and you bought into it. 
and you bought into it. You know what? It's all bullshit. It's all bullshit. And the only reason I even talk about it like I do is one, people show up to hear about it. But two, for us to focus on solutions, we have to wipe from our minds the belief in fake solutions. You want to vote? Go vote. Bunch of people in New Hampshire tonight are going to vote. If Nikki Haley loses, which she probably will badly, it won't matter. If she wins, it won't matter. If Nikki Haley wins tonight, the media will convince you that it matters, but it won't. And Trump will win 49 states in the primary instead of 50. It's the only place she has a chance. That's why she's staying in. Doesn't matter. Orange man wins, won't matter. Biden wins again, won't matter. All this shit's going to stay the same. So, my question is, since we don't control any of this, and we live in the middle of a collapse, what can we do? And that's what we're about to talk about. But I want, I want to be abundantly clear on this today. I'm telling you, the collapse you've been preparing for happened a while ago. It continues to get worse. But this is like one of those sci-fi episodes where the, the starship gets stuck in the black hole's event horizon, and for a while they don't even know it, and everything just kind of goes on, but little things indicate something ain't right. Certain things don't work the way they should, or you start having time distortions and deja vu moments and all. That's, that's what you're looking at. Think about, think about how eerie that comparison is, right? You, you don't, it hasn't collapsed. I mean, like, I still have a job, and people still work, and Money still flows and I can still order shit from Amazon and it comes to my house. But your glitch is some dude with a pink wig that weighs 400 pounds, uglier than sin, demanding you refer to him as ma'am. And people actually thinking this is a good thing. That's a glitch in the matrix, boys and girls. That's a glitch in the matrix. It's how you know you actually are in the matrix. That doesn't make any sense. And that's an easy one, right? It's an easy one to point out, which is why I pointed out. But start thinking about it. Think about how many things you look at right now. And you just go, oh, JFC, no. No, that can't be. Really? We're going to do this now? Think about how ludicrous it is, for instance, when somebody says we're talking about the stabby stab for the COVID jab, right? And they just say vaccines. I trust vaccines. I'm not going to explain that. You should be able to realize how ridiculous that statement is. If you want to know the particular uh, logical fallacy that falls under, we would call that a false equivalency. And I leave it to you there. Like, these are glitches in the matrix. These are glitches in the matrix. Being told every vote matters when mathematically we know that's not true. And people going, uh-huh, yeah, uh-huh. That's, that's a glitch in the matrix. The gaslighting that goes on, literally the very thing that one side says the other side's doing is the thing that the side saying it is doing every day. And everybody just, oh, okay, okay. And then if you see it, you're the weirdo. Why don't you just shut up? That's a glitch in the matrix. We are in the matrix, and we are also in the collapse and there's a very brief period left. Now, that brief period could be a decade. It could be a year. I don't know. 
But there's kind of a very brief period in this sci-fi hellhole that we're in before everybody on the ship goes, oh, shit, we're in a black hole. And then they're going to panic. And we've already seen what we've seen little inklings of what panic looks like. If you backed off on your prepping sense, I want you to think about what a grocery store looked like about March 10th in 2020. What the produce section and the meat section of a supermarket looked like second, third week of March 2020. It was actually nothing. What if it was really something? Or what if it's what it actually already is? It's And long before the supply chains actually got the crunch, everything disappeared. Because it took a tiny amount of panic and a large amount of people to create the crisis that the government said they were trying to avoid. And now you have to assume that they were so stupid they didn't know they would create the crisis when they opened their mouth. You have to believe that this whole thing was just a, like if you actually believe the mainstream story now. Well, yeah, we were wrong, but we did our best. You have to believe that all these people were that stupid. I just don't. So what do we control? We control what we eat. I'm not even talking about growing your own food yet. You control every single thing that you pick up and stick in your beak. And you better start thinking about the stuff you're putting in your mouth. You can sit here and bitch that they're feeding us poison, but if you go to the store and buy the poison and eat it, what have you done? Actually, I, I, I actually have more contempt for that than the person that is stupid and eats the poison and doesn't know that it's poison. At least they're deceived. Once you've learned this, stop eating the seed oils. You know it's poison. Stop eating the seed oils. Stop eating all the sugar. And I've told you, and none of you have ever proven me wrong on this. You've objected, but no one's ever proven me wrong. Carbohydrates are sugars. Stop eating so much sugar. You don't have to be me. Keep your sugar intake, which includes all carbohydrates, under 100 grams a day. Not that hard. Not even that big a deal. Seed oils and that, and your health will explode. Kick the drinking way down if you drink a lot. Do not drink every day. Do not drink every week. And I like to drink. Any of you that have partied with me know that. I don't sit here getting boozed up every freaking day. If you smoke, stop. Just stop. I got no no defense for you at all in that. Stop. It's expensive and it kills you. Quite a few people in my family smoked and drank themselves to death. You've seen it around you. Don't participate. So control what you eat. Control what where it comes from as well. If you can buy local, buy local. If you can grow it, grow it. If you can't, buy the best quality you can get from whatever source is available to you. That's something you control. Yeah, you want poison, there it is. Partially hydrogenated vegetable oil. Man, it, all you have to do is go look at how they make the shit. And if you still want to eat it, there's something deeply wrong with your brain. I'm telling you. It's gone too soft. You control who you do business with. You control who you give your money to. But more importantly, you control who you become dependent upon. I do not have a problem with doing business with large companies and all. I have a problem with becoming dependent on them. 
We all know it's stupid, right? That we have one major import partner in the world who we rely on for like 50% of our shit in China. Then we turn around and we build a business or a lifestyle or whatever. We have a single supply of a thing that's critical to our life. Maybe we shouldn't do that. Maybe even if it's big companies, we should have more than one source of things. Just a thought. But if you are willingly funding the very people who hate you, you should think about that a little bit. Just a little bit at least. Right. You control how you treat the land that you control. That's fully in your area, right? Now, some people will say, but I live in an apartment complex and you control a little flower pot your, on your, on your patio. And I'll, I'll give you that one to a degree. But if you have even just a small backyard, you could be doing something to make it healthier, more regenerative and to produce food for yourself. I mean, very small. If you go out and you, you, you Google permaculture in the micro spaces, you'll find total. Yeah. I don't know what's with, I don't remember this dude's name, Santi Joseph here. People need turnkey design. No, they don't. No, they don't. They don't need turnkey. We have all the information to do all the things that anybody needs to do. We need motivation. We need intention. We need will. We need willingness to do a thing. We do, I don't give a shit what you give somebody for turnkey design. It won't matter. We have all the information. We have all the observation that we need to do these things. It's not somebody overcomplicating it. It's people that don't have enough impetus to do the things. Because you don't need a permaculturist to grow a garden. It might make you one without knowing it. That's how simple that is. Right? You control how you earn a living. You control who you work for. You know, I'm done with this guy. I don't know who you are, but you're in a timeout until you learn to not just be an annoying pain in the ass. All right. Um, I just don't like people that just keep throwing bullshit over and over and over. Anyway, um, yeah, you control what you do for a living, who you work for, how you make your money. You control whether you stay an employee for your entire life, where you have a side hustle, or you build a business. You know, I was recently on a panel a discussion panel with, with Matt Powers' uh, Our Future seminar, and it was on starting a business. And Matt's opening question for the panel was, what is the biggest reason that people don't start a regenerative business? And when it came to me, my, uh, my, my first response to it was not anything to do with regenerative. I said, yeah, because there are people, you know, people need more guidance. They need support. They need, they need a design that's already put in place and how to build a business. Like that already exists. Whatever you want to do, somebody's doing it or it's not a market. Go look at their customer facing thing and you know 80% of their process. So there's a starting point. Go do that. You should be able to get at least 80% as successful as them with it. And then you can learn your trade and, and take it forward. No, the, here, here's what I said. Did, did anybody here when they heard that question even bother to ask, well, how many people and yet, like what percentage of, you know, grown ass adults in the United States are entrepreneurs? You can Google it and find out in a couple seconds. Go check me. But it's somewhere between 16 and 17 percent. I think the official number is like 16.49. We'll call it 16 and a half. Well, I've done additional research. This takes a little more effort. And if you do it, you'll find out that you can split that into about 6 percent of people and 10 percent of people. And the 6 percent of so the six of the 16 so it's not 6% of 16, 6% of the total that are entrepreneurs are not entrepreneurs in the way that you would think. 
Like, K-Bonk here gets an idea. He wants to build a product. He starts building a product, puts together a website for it, starts marking it, and eventually builds a successful business, K-Bonk Enterprises, and he's incredibly successful at kbonkenterprises.com. That's what we think of, right? Whether it's building things that are 3D printed or uh, uh, a service that goes around picking dog shit up out of the backyard. Doesn't matter. It doesn't matter. It doesn't matter. That's what people think of with entrepreneurship. There was no business. This person created a business, and now they're an entrepreneur. There's a whole shitload of people, again, about 6% of the population. They're entrepreneurs as they own a business. They didn't do that. And they didn't even do it. And I'm, I'm allowing people to stay in the 10% that did things like worked at a Domino's, learned the trade of making pizza, found about, found out you could uh, put money in and get a franchise and built a franchise up from nothing. I'll leave that person in the 10%. The 6% I'm talking about, they didn't even start a business at all. What they did is they were a high net worth employee. They were a lawyer in a law practice. They were a doctor in a medical practice. They were a manufacturer's rep working for a rep firm. They were in there long enough that an opening came in as a partner or the boss wanted to retire and they were able to secure financing and buy the business that somebody else built. That's not, I'm talking about real world entrepreneurism is where we start with nothing. You control whether that happens or not. And you can take any one of these other paths. But the main reason people don't do it isn't that it's hard. It isn't that they don't get enough support. It isn't that they, you know, that they don't have enough ideas. It's not that somebody needs to give them a turnkey design because they don't want to do it. It's too hard. It's like saying the reason people don't exercise is no one's giving them a turnkey workout routine. Bullshit. There's a million of them. Go pick one and do it. Or just start walking every... Why don't people work out? Because it makes you do work when you'd rather not. There's not, don't make it complicated. That's how you end up believing a system built on lies. It lies all the time, but not this time. They're telling us the truth this time. Yeah. You control what you spend money on and what you don't. You might think that's the same as what, who you do business with. No. No, when I said who you do business with, I'm talking about doing business with people who hate you. You still decide how I spend my money, even if it's all ethical ways to spend your money with people that don't hate you and are not trying to kill you. Do you need the thing? You know, I have no problem with going to a concert. I go to them once in a while. But if going to that concert is going to mean that I don't actually put the money I'm supposed to put away from my retirement this month, I'm probably not going. If I have to eat lower quality food because I went to that concert, I'm not going. I don't care how awesome the person is singing and how much I want to see them and how I don't care if that their, 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 their side pastime is giving flowers to orphans and cuddling puppies. It has nothing to do with whether or not it's an ethical relationship. It's irresponsible for me to spend the money that way at that particular time in my life. What do most people spend their money on? depreciating assets. That's what most people spend the bulk of their money on, depreciating assets. What do rich people spend money on? Appreciating assets. What, what do poor people spend money on? Not only depreciating assets, but consumables. Lots of money on consumables. I know we all have to eat and everything. We can put a little bit of thought into it. 
it's amazing what a tiny little adjustment across time does, how much it magnifies. You know, when your investment financial liar comes to work and says, if you earn 10% on your money and it doubles and you put this much money in starting when you're 18, it's how much millions of dollars you'll have when you're 65. Imagine how that changes when we start applying the interest rate to additional accumulation. I'm not talking about compounding interest. Make 10% on your money. But what if you invested 10% more because you had it? You decide when you buy something, whether you make a lifetime purchase or you buy something you know is going to break in a year. And the way you make that calculation is how long do I need it for? Do I really need it? Because sometimes the cheap thing is the right thing. Sometimes the cheap thing is the right thing. Sometimes it makes sense. If in the end it's a net positive to money on your end on the income side, then it's probably the right thing to do. If I if I need it and I'm going to need it for 10 years at least and I have to replace it every two, and the point that the cheap one crosses the expensive one is at four years, then I've cost myself six years of money. It's just simple that is. Why don't they teach that in school? Because, trust me, they don't want to teach any of the shit we're talking about today in school. It's the complete counter to everything we opened up with. Yeah? Next. You control what you store or fail to store as a prepper. When you go look in your pantry, it got to where it is because of your management of it. Again, say whatever you want about the government being stupid, becoming dependent on foreign other governments, bad alliances, bad decisions, wasting your money. Go open your pantry and look inside it. What's it look like? Are you proud of it? If so, good. Could it be better? If so, maybe you make it better. But if your pantry is bare or full of crap you don't really eat, you're not eating what you store and store what you eat, then basically you're the person... It's like telling your neighbor, dude, you need to put in smoke alarms while your house is like burning behind you. You control that. You control that. No one else does. You control who you associate with. And this is a big one. I know you might work with some people you don't like. I don't mean that. Like, because that's not a, that's work. I'm talking about who do you spend your time with? When you have a day, off and you decide not to spend it alone under a tree thinking about ducks in your navel and you invite people to your home, who are they? What kind of people are they? Are they people that when you look at them, you think to yourself, I want to be at least in some ways more like this person. And then do you have enough respect in for them because of that, that you think, I hope that there's some ways that they want to be more like me. Are you consciously spending time with people that you feel that way about? Because if you're not, it's almost inevitable that the people you're spending time with are dragging you down instead of building you up. Mentally, emotionally, spiritually, in every way possible. People are either givers or takers. That's what they are. They're symbiotic or they're parasitic. That's, that's, that's just it. And I, all I have to do to make this point to you is I know every single one of you well enough to know this. Even though I don't know you by name. I know this. You know someone that when I say human parasite, 
And I don't mean a person on TV. I don't mean a politician. I mean somebody that you really know. You can say, that's where they live. Or I grew up with them, and when I grew up with them, they lived over there. I went to school with them. I worked with them. Whatever. But a person you really know, like you could actually call them on the phone, and they would know who you are. That's what I mean here. That if I say human parasite, you're like, oh, that person. Okay? And you probably all also know someone that if I say eternal giver of themselves. Yeah? You know who I'm talking about. I don't know who it is for you. I know who I'm thinking of. I know one person that would go on that list is my wife. It's part of why I dearly love her. Eternal giver of herself to others. So, here's how that works then. You have Now you have your two extremes. So everyone you know is somewhere in the middle between them. That's your spectrum. Dead center is a point where a person is no longer a giver of themselves and they're only a taker from others. Every person falls on one side of that line. Now, most people are not eternal givers or total parasites, but there is a preponderance. So you would go dead center if you were a 50% giver and 50% taker. You know who's in the middle like that? No one. No one. No one. No one can maintain that balance. It's impossible. You either are, the majority of the time, someone that gives to others or someone that takes from others. This is the funny thing. The people that get the most from others are not takers. They're givers. When you eternally give, people constantly give back. You can have a society that's primarily a giving society where nobody's losing. But they sure didn't design it to work that way. They designed our society to be divisible into infinite numbers of classes and groups so that, that we could always be adversarial to each other. And for some people, this breaks who we are supposed to be as humans. It breaks us as givers, and it makes us takers because we feel that we have to be. And I'll tell you how you know what you are. Like intrinsically, and it doesn't mean you can't change. But, you know, we talk about this all the time as a abundance mindset and how to achieve things and how not to limit yourself. But it also has to do with this same mindset. So you can identify yourself. If you see the person driving the beautiful car with the beautiful wife or having the beautiful house or wearing the expensive clothes or whatever it is for you that you wish you had. And the first thought you have is must be nice. You are on the downhill side as a taker. At least for now. Doesn't mean you're a bad person. Just means you've been sucked into that belief system enough that you're willing to do things that you really don't want to do to get what you think you need instead of figure out how to do things the way that you want to and get what you want. You're on that side. If you think good for them, I promise you you're a giver. I promise you you're a giver. I promise you you're the person when you know your neighbor needs something, you're like, what can I do? And it's not an empty word when you say it. You're the person that when you find out like one of your good friends is going out of town and it's during a time when things might go wrong, you're like, do not hesitate to pick the phone up and call me. And you mean it. You're not trying to score points. You're saying it because I don't want you to think for one minute you can't call on me to go help. 
If you say good for them, you are a giver. If you don't, the first thing you need to do to turn all this shit around and make this all make sense to you is figure out how to become one. Figure out how to be happy for people that have achieved what you want. And here's the thing. You can't fake it, but you can start there. What we speak, we will into existence. I get a little metaphysical with you, but I mean in our own lives. I don't mean like if I just keep saying I have a golden house, I have a golden house, I, that one day a golden house will appear and it will say deeded to Jack Spirico. I don't mean that. But when it comes to what you believe, what you speak becomes what you believe. OK, it has some connotations about religion right there. If you want to if you want to go there, I don't want to do that today. I'm I'm killing enough sacred cows today that I don't need to go there. OK. But if you say something like good for them, I'm happy for them. And if you say it enough times, you'll start to believe it. And then your actions will start to match your beliefs. Lots of people, we call them two faced. They say one thing, but behave another but they say it outwardly for the purpose of other people hearing it. That's not what I'm talking about. So I'm not saying that the way you would do this is you see the guy in the Ferrari and you think, oh, Jack said, good for him. And so your buddy's sitting next to you, so you say, good for him, so that he'll hear you and think, oh, what a great guy. I don't mean that at all. I mean in your head. I mean the first thing, not even what you speak, what you think because what you think becomes what you speak. And even when you think one thing and speak another thing, it's weak. It's the right step, but it's weak. Catch yourself immediately. Good for him. Then say it. And if you catch yourself saying, must be nice, in your head, but you force yourself to say good for him, it's a step in the right direction. But it would be better if you actually corrected yourself. Must be nice. In your head, not verbally. In your head, that was wrong. Good for him. How can I have that too? Then speak it. This is training your brain to think differently. This is training your brain to think differently. You also control whether you where you gather and share your information. So many of you are still thinking that one day you'll have free speech on Facebook or Twitter or whatever. You won't. Elon brought us free speech. No, he didn't. No, he didn't. There is no world where I have been on Noster for nine months and have almost 25,000 followers. And I've been on Twitter since 2009 and have 20,000 followers. That's a free speech world. When you have a person who worked for the WEF put in charge of this, Linda Yaccarino, by Musk, who has stated publicly many times, freedom of speech does not equal freedom of reach. You do not have freedom of speech. So where you share information, I keep saying it, but I will keep saying it. Noster, 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 Noster. Get on Noster. Go to Noster.how. Learn how to hook up the Albi wallet and use it to manage your keys. Because it'll make your life easier if you start there. Get on Noster and start making friends. F-R-E-N-S. Go read my article on Grow Noster. Go to the survivalpodcast.com. Type in Grow Noster as a single word. I'm not going to give you a link today. You can do that if you want to. 
I'm not going to do everything for you. You don't need turnkey design. All the information is there. Then follow the grow go, 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 I don't know anybody. Do grow Noster, and you'll know people. You'll meet people. It will require you to do so, and you'll find something out. The people you meet will be like, oh, great to meet you. Great to meet you. That's awesome. Let's follow each other. And pretty soon, you'll grow your network, your underground network as well. But you also control where you get your information from. I get shit sometimes because I share a lot of information that off of RT, Russia Today. It's a, it's, it's, it's the propaganda wing of the Russian government. Yes, and CNN, Fox News, and MSNBC are the propaganda wing of the United States government. I know you think they're on different sides. They're not. They're using different marketing to push the legitimacy of the state. See, that's their actual purpose. Right? Now, one side may be trying to get Orange Man elected, and the other side may be trying to get uh, Brandon elected. But the real purpose is the state's legitimacy, is what they're pushing to you. Dare to resist your government, as the shirt says. You can get these at SOE Tactical Gear, by the way. Yeah? Dare to resist your government. So really think about where you get your information from. Now, why do I trust RT? I don't trust any news source at all. Don't trust them. What I do know is if you put me in a house and you ask me what's going on outside the house and there's one window with an F over it and another window over here with a C over it, and I look out one of those windows only, I don't really know what's going on outside the house. If I look out both of them, even though there's some distortion and filters on the windows and other things I don't see, and maybe somebody's actually aligning things in front of the window so I see what they want me to see, I still know more by looking out two windows than one. So how many windows do I want to look out of? Somebody answer that for me because it's an easy answer. You stick me in a house, and I want to know how many, or what's really going on outside of the house. How many windows do I want to look out of? It's three words. So oh, there it is. Dang it, I love when that happens, when it's exactly what I wanted to be said. All of them. Ken got it done with one, just all. In fact, I don't just want to look at all of them if I really want to know what's going on. I want to open the door, stick my head out, look around, walk around the house, don't I? If I can't get out of the house, maybe I want to cut some more windows. If there's a window with the drapes down, I want to raise them up. So the reason that I go to all of the news sources, Times of India, the Daily Mail out of the UK, the U.S. news sources, including the ones that I completely despise, I still check into what they're saying and what they're talking about. Because there's some truth smattered throughout everything. And by taking it all in, you have to start treating this like the game of Clue. Remember the game of Clue? I mean, the board game. You get the cards and they put the cards on the board. And, you know, Colonel Mustard killed somebody with the candlestick in the study or the conservatory or the library or whatever, the ballroom. But how do you get to that? You make a guess and you tell the person next to you your guess. And what they tell you is of those things, one of my cards is actually one of the things you said. And then you mark down, well, that can't be it. And sooner or later, somebody sitting around the board has crossed off enough of what it can't be. Plus, they know what they have that can't be. 
and the only thing remaining is what must be, and they make a guess. Now, sometimes they jump the shark, go a little bit too fast, and they're wrong, and they're out of the game. But in general, that person, whoever gets there first, whoever's crossed out enough first, knows what the truth is, and then we check, and the truth is there. This is how you have to gather information today. My wife comes to me all the time. So, 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 so happened, right? You know, I just heard Jim Jordan resigned. I'm like, that doesn't make any sense. Turned out it was a phishing message because if you put something extreme out, somebody will click on it. At least you didn't click on it. Well, I read it in two places. That just means they spammed you twice. I'm not picking on my wife. This happens to everybody. I see stuff like, wait, no, just wait a minute. Hold on a second. If you see something stated that just seems ridiculous, slow your roll and try to find it from the back end. I'll tell you what I had today. I had somebody, let's see if they responded. I can look real quick and see. I, I bet you it, they didn't. No, don't see it. Okay, yeah. Somebody, this uh, person named Jane, says she's the executive assistant to Sonia Gomez. Sonia Gomez has a podcast. Something about abundance or some bullshit. Here's a link for me to schedule my time so I can appear on her show. She has a podcast with a million people paying attention to it. Whoa. So I start Googling all kinds of shit about her. All I can find is a site asking for a bunch of money telling you you're going to get rich farming. Okay. <laughs> I, I'd rather, what was the, the British comedy duo? Uh, I can't think of it now. It's not Trigger Happy TV. It's the other one. It's the one that uh, Hugh Laurie from uh, House was on before those days. Um, where the farming, you want to make a bit of money, right? You know, the guy's like, you, you put the corn to the ground and it grows. You get a bunch of cash, right? You know, that guy, right? Uh, like, like that was funny because it's not, you don't get filthy rich farming. Not quick anyway. So I looked this person up and I can't find anything on them except this page that says they have a community of a million people, but I can't even find their podcast on any of the podcast networks. And they have like 17 followers on YouTube. I, I, I know that people get throttled. God knows I do, but I don't think you have a million person audience if you have 17 people on YouTube. So I'm not going to respond to this other than I said, Hey, where can I see this podcast? All I see is this crap about money. Got no answer. Not surprised. Stuff like this is, is just common. It's, it, you know, this is real misinformation and the, the biggest purveyors of misinformation on planet Earth. Number one, the government and number two, the media. Nobody puts out more misinformation than the state and the media. It's actually a contest between them who can put out more. The reason I give the edge to government is so much of what the media tells you the government told them to say. So we can only give them credit for so much of their own bullshit. But you choose where you get your information from. What if I had decided to take that information from a single source, the person who, who benefited from me believing it, Booked to them and said, hey, come listen to me on this thing. Well, I'm growing their thing. And by as a byproduct, I'm tacitly endorsing what they're doing. And one of you guys could have got scammed out of a bunch of money if I didn't take the time to look into this. Because if Drac trusts them, I trust them. And just because I talk to them on the air must mean I trust them. Do you know how many times I rejected guest form, even though I think, well, the topic's kind of interesting. But I just check the person out and go, sleazy, slimy, not so good. 
I had one recently. I'm like, okay, so if I put this out, people in my audience are going to go to federal prison. And the guy's an asshole on top of it, so no. But he had a friend who told him to apply. And when I took his friend was very butthurt that I told this guy no. And I think this dude's website is something like, I don't even want to say it. OneDumbFuck.com. That's not it. I changed something in there so that I'm not accidentally sending people to it. But it's like that. And he's telling you how not to pay taxes by no longer being an American citizen. If you believe that, write me a letter when you're in federal prison. It's all nonsense. I'm not going to bring that in front of you, but that's because I choose how I gather my information. I don't believe the testimonial on the website of the person who has the website that's trying to sell me the thing. I believe what the person says about it somewhere else. Here's one. Like, this is just basic consumer protection here. But there's Solo something, Solo Bella or something like that. I see it advertised on TV all the time. It's liposuction. But I'm like, is it, like, what is it? Like, just out of curiosity, I look it up. An average rating where it's independently rated by people who went through it is a two, a five. Not good. They advertise it every day. If you only trust the commercial. Well, understand this. When you listen to CNN or Fox News, that's a commercial. It's a commercial for one particular segment of government that's, that leads into a funnel, like a marketing funnel, and the only purpose of the funnel is to get you to the point where you see legitimacy in the state. That's it. They don't care what version you lock onto as long as you pick a side, because if we're going to set up something where we divide everybody and break everybody into groups, we need people in all the groups. How the hell would we have a divided society that's easy to rule if nobody picked the You think they want us all to be leftists. They can't advance the leftist agenda if everybody's a leftist, because if everybody was a leftist, we would figure out really freaking fast this doesn't work. Same thing if we were all on the right really quickly and fast that like even these things that seem pretty good about it, like in practice, as a monopoly through the state, this doesn't work. So you need people divided. So the illusion is that they really everybody wants everybody else in their camp. No, they don't. No, they don't. How are you going to enact economic fascism, which is our system of economics in this country, if everybody's on the same side when the entire point of economic fascism is that the differences between the classes can be leveraged to the advantage of the corporate interest and the state collectively, which is the textbook definition of fascism that they don't teach you in school because they want you to believe it's all about Nazis and, and death camps and all. That's one thing a government that was also fascist did. That's Nazism. Fascism is an economic governance system. I don't believe they had a whole bunch of uh, swastikas and uh, concentration camps in Spain that was overtly, openly fascist until the mid-70s, by the way. Or in a lot of places in Central and South America that were openly and overtly fascist, many of which we propped up, I'm just saying. So all I'm trying to make a point here is get as much information. Before you act on information, get as much information as you can. All of you that had the little Ukraine flag, and I support Ukraine, and we need to give them as much money as possible. Everybody that started out that way with the Ukraine conflict did no actual research. None. Zero. I know you did none. And I know you did none because I know if you did, there is no way you would have come down on that side of it. None. We can disagree and have different opinions, 
But I know there is so much overwhelming evidence that you were being lied to that even if you're like Putin's a dictator, you still would be like, yeah, maybe we should at least understand what this is doing and what the plan is and whether this is even possible or not. And is Putin really trying to take over all of Ukraine? And how did this actually go down? And did Putin make this decision or did the Russian Congress make this decision after they were petitioned to make this decision from the people that live in the Donbass? Which one of those is actually true? You're a stooge of Putin. See, now you haven't done any research, so now you're just angry that I've pointed out that you could be wrong. Instead of going out and actually finding out what the truth is and then coming back and saying, Jack, you're wrong, here's the truth, and here's evidence of the truth, you say something like, I know somebody that lives in Ukraine. means nothing. Right, Just like every single person that was a genius about COVID and you need to wear your mask and stay inside, you're going to kill grandma if you go fishing, Jack. Every single one of them said the same stupid shit. I talk to three ER doctors every day. No, you don't. No, you don't, because if you did, they would have mostly told you that they were bored and didn't have anything to do. So even when sources are available, what people do is invent a source or select a source that confirms their bias especially when they're emotional. I'm telling you, you can't do that anymore. In the words of uh, X-Files, the truth is out there, but it's not hidden. That's the addition. It's not hidden. It's wide out in the open. You just have to look for it. And the person that tells you the earth is flat in a YouTube documentary is not where you need to look or anything like it. The, the, The actual best place to get your information is the mainstream. It's just you have to look at the totality of it, all of it. Do you know why I mainly trust RT articles? Not all of them. Some of them are total clickbait bullshit. Don't get me wrong. They do tabloid journalism, too, just like Fox, like Fox News has shit. I'm like, why is this news? Why is this news? This is not news. Taylor Swift waved at her boyfriend. Why is this news? Some actress we haven't heard from in 30 years died. Why is And there's like a 47,000-word article on it. Why is this news? Two people got in a fight in a restaurant. One of them sort of kind of in a way faint. Not news. That's tabloid bullshit. All of them have all of that. I'm not saying they don't. But the reason I genuinely trust most things that come out of RT is because when I research the claim, this was said by this person on this day in this body, and I go check it, there's a transcript of it, and they said it. And so I'm doing the job that journalists refuse to do. I'm getting multiple sources on the same story that are not just people repeating each other. I've done things like I put out things that Joe Biden said. No, he didn't. Well, here's the transcript from WhiteHouse.gov that says he said it. So his own people lied about it? or You see what I'm saying? You have got to go beyond any single source, including me. I cannot be your single source of information. I'm not very good as a single source of information anyway, because everything I tell you, I'm like, go look it up, go find out if it's true. Exactly the opposite of what the media tells you. I actually think doing your own research is good. I think you should do your own research all the time. I think doing your own research is the only way to survive what's coming. And we now live in a time where we're all connected to more information than we've ever had access to in human history. And we're the dumbest society that's ever lived. We are the dumbest society that's ever lived. We have a society that if you didn't take away the Internet, put them out in the woods, had signal, but they had to build their own shit, most people would sit down, lay down and die. With all the information they need of what to do. 
We have got to start actually using this incredible gift that we've been given. Our government's so stupid, they literally record everything they do and say. So that when they say they didn't say it, you can say, well, right here, you said it. Now, people think, well, I'll use this to convince Tom on Twitter to vote my way. It won't work. You just need to know what was really said, what they're really doing, so you can act accordingly in the part of your life you control. That's all I'm saying here. And you control how you protect your wealth. You can keep shrieking, Bitcoin's going to go to zero, or you can start buying some fucking Bitcoin like I've been telling you to do since 2013, and the only thing you've, do, you've done by ignoring me is not make yourself a millionaire. That's what you've done. I'm sorry. Anybody that did what I've been advocating for 11 years today would be a millionaire, at least in Bitcoin. Anyone. I don't care if you could only buy $10 a week. Go do the math. What would a person be worth who started, let's say, middle, I know it was 2013. Let's say June 1st, 2013. Somebody here do the math. You bought $10 worth of Bitcoin every week starting on June 1st, 2013. What's your net worth today? I haven't actually done that one. Somebody may be able to prove me wrong here, but I think that person's a millionaire today. Maybe I'm wrong. Find out. Somebody go, somebody go do it, right? Somebody go figure it out for me. I have told you to invest in precious metals because they're eroding the wealth of the dollar. I think that if the asset you see as your primary way of holding wealth, which is the United States dollar, is designed to decline in value, and you don't take steps to mitigate that decline in value, you are making a mistake with your wealth. If that's crazy talk, if that's Jack being insane, if that's if I'm the one pitching a pyramid scheme when I'm telling you that, then you need to unplug yourself from the matrix and you need to figure out reality because you're not living in the real world. And, and I'm going to tell you this. You don't have to buy Bitcoin. I don't think you're a bad person if you don't. I'm just telling you the truth. So somebody's saying in, on 6-1-13, Bitcoin was $129.30. So that would mean your first week you got about a third of a Bitcoin, and it probably didn't go up that much. You're at least a whole coin or hardcore whole coiner there, aren't you? If you're a whole whole coiner and not in a relatively short period of time for a human lifetime, you will be a millionaire. I'm just telling you. Uh, Oklahoma Chicken Cam says, "I don't know. I know that if you were DCAing five dollars a week starting January 2023, that's one year you'd be up over 200 percent." It wouldn't be that much money, though, would it? but it would be something. You did something. But you control how you preserve your wealth. And your wealth is not just in Bitcoin or dollars or real estate. Your wealth is in what you know, what you can do, how you act. Your wealth is in your tools, both your actual tools, like physical tools that you can put your hands on. And your wealth is in the tools in your brain of what you know how to do. That's wealth. Your wealth is in your relationships, See, that's why I talk about relationships. If your relationships are primarily with takers, you have a negative equity in your balance sheet line item for your relationships. You may not be a financial genius, but you probably know negative equity is bad. If your network is made up of people that give, right? If, if, if your network is made up with people that give, then your line item for that is a positive equity. And here's something I know, like you'll say, well, you know, when you say that, like, isn't it really important to think about giving back people that don't give back, never have a positive equity in that line. They might have one kind of like benefactor that they totally steal from and rip off. 
but they're still a total net negative. I guarantee you. Um, there is hope, but probably not for the reasons you think. It's not a new government. It's not a new head ass clown. It's not. It's not a new old ass clown, right? It's not. Number one reason you should have hope, every empire has eventually fallen. Tell me an empire that ain't us, or is it, a, is it an empire we have right now? Tell me an empire that was an empire 300 years ago that's still an empire. Name one. And there are empires that lasted a thousand years. Not recently, because as we move forward in time, things accelerate and the degradation of empires accelerates. And I'll tell you a commonality with empires falling. Lots of wars, fiat money to support those wars, leaving hard money, embracing mud diversity in the worst ways possible as debauchery. I mean, there's nothing going on right now in our society that wasn't part of the fall of Rome. Not one thing. You know, we never had a requirement that our government, the people that served in our government as elected officials, had to be people who served in our military. But especially until recent times, like Clinton forward, there's one or two presidents that weren't in the military. Very few. Very few. Because Jefferson wasn't, right? Adams wasn't. But especially, like, from, like, Civil War forward up to Reagan and Bush, everybody served in some capacity. There was a requirement for that in Rome that they eventually went away from. That you gave service to those who you would rule over. We've done away with it without even having a law. We just walked away from this idea that those who lead us should first serve us. No one ever taught us that. We just kind of instinctively knew it. Oklahoma Chicken Camp says even FDR served. It's true. Look it up. We live in a society that, I mean, if you look at when Rome took the turn and began to fall apart, debauchery was everywhere. What is the other thing you do? You expand welfare to everybody. Every Roman citizen gets grain for free every day. What could go wrong? Can't afford it anymore. Print some more money. Make the coins out of a little less silver. It'll be okay. Ah, paper money, we can play with that. Look what happened to China. Oh, wait, never mind. We'll do it better. It'll be okay. Yeah. Every empire falls. It hurts when you're in the empire as it falls. But every empire falls. And this is an empire that needs to fall. If we saw to our own needs and put our own country first, this would be the greatest thing that humans have ever seen in history. It still wouldn't be perfect, but it would be the greatest thing we've ever seen. Every dictatorship has eventually crumbled. Dark Horse says we are falling. We have fallen. That's the point today. I know I put the wrong title on the, the video. I'm sorry. We have fallen. This is dystopia. It's here. Wake up. We're not falling. We have fallen. Now, this is what people think. You fall and you're dead and it's over. And that's what a fall looks like of an empire. What it really is is the empire falls and it's like you fell really far and you have all kinds of internal injuries 
and you still try to continue, and for a while you look like maybe you'll be okay. But it's like the guy that seems like he's all right, but you take him to the hospital to be checked out, and right in the middle of the ER, he starts hemorrhaging, and right with 10 doctors around him, trying to bring him back, they can't, he's dead. He was dead when he hit the ground. You just didn't know it yet. That's this empire. And all dictatorships eventually crumble. This is a problem with dictatorships. We have taken the word literally. Rule by one. Man. But rule by one system is also a dictatorship. A system that matters not. What you do to tweak around the outside, the paint, a deep state is a dictatorship. But it will fall because eventually dictatorships seek so much control and so much power, they shut down productivity. And it's killing the golden goose. So dictatorships fall apart and empires fall down. Humans are inventors, designers, and innovators. We're not going to sit around while everything collapses around us and do what I said the average idiot would, sit in the middle of the woods with a you know, wiki how to start a fire and, and freeze to death, because they would. But in the end, more people than will not will say, okay, we got to do something. we got to do something. So we will innovate. We will design. We will invent. We will network. We will continue. Not all of us. Some of us will check out way too early. But in the end, humankind will prevail. That's one thing all the feel-good movies actually get right. Other side of it is our numbers are growing. The number of people that trust government is lower than it's ever been in history, and I couldn't be happier about it. There's still way too many people that trust their team. But I'm talking about the total number of people that don't trust anybody. That number is growing. If you would have went back 1965 and asked the average person, especially with a job and a family working and earning a living, if they trusted their government more than they did not, the vast majority would say yes. Today, it's not a majority. That's huge. That's huge. We grant government authority by seeing them as valid. That's how that's that's why the whole purpose of the media is to give validity to the state. It's not to keep them honest. It's not to hold their feet to the fire. It's not to tell you the real truth or just the facts. It's to aid the state in its quest for legitimacy because it knows it's not legitimate. Now, plenty of the players in the play think they're legitimate. They don't know. They're just on stage. Karen at the DMV that yells at you and gets away with it, she thinks she's actually doing her job. A person that denies your claim for disability, even though you're clearly disabled, with their little authority complex, and eventually it's going to get through anyway, they really believe in what they're doing. They think that they did the right thing. They didn't like your face, so they did that, or whatever it is. Even elected officials, fairly high bureaucrats, but the people really behind the scenes, the men behind the curtain, pulling the levers at the Emerald City, claiming to be the wizard, they know they're not legitimate. Again, that's what the Wizard of Oz was really about. Dorothy didn't have ruby slippers in the book, guys. Silver. Silver slippers, silver slippers going down the golden road to the Emerald City where the man behind the curtain never had any real power. 
you think it's just a book for kids because that's what they wanted you to think because that's how the author got the message out. And instead of fighting it, it was just embraced and said, oh, look what a pretty story it is for kids. Yeah. <laughs> Our numbers are growing and theirs are shrinking. There's a point when you're watching a game, let's say a sports ball game, right? Football, for instance. Your team's down by two scores. Or your team's let's go, let's go the other way. Because the bias should tell you you're in good shape. But your team's up by two 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 touchdowns, 14 points. There's a quarter and a half left in the game. It's relatively low score. But something happens. The other team doesn't even necessarily score. There's a momentum shift, and you can feel it. And even though you're ahead and the clock's on your side, you're like, oh, this is this is bad. Anybody that's a sports fan of anything, is you've been there at some point. Basketball, doesn't matter. There's this point where the momentum shift happens. And there might be a quite a while before that momentum shift results in an actual change on the scoreboard and, and it affects who wins. But once that momentum shift happens, it's really hard to shift it back. Well, when it comes to trust in the state, trust in government, belief that they can fix things, that momentum shifted. Ah, this is a long game, guys. This game is played in decades. It takes decades to make up a quarter in this game, right? This is the fourth quarter, though. Some of you call it the fourth turning. Both terms are correct here. I'm just saying. Weak men have created hard times. But that's when the momentum shifts to people saying we have to do this shit ourselves. These, these people cannot be trusted anymore. So there's hope. But you have to do what you can while you can. Now, here's another thing. This is actually the best part. And it sounds morbid. And I'm cognizant of my age, so I know I'm just outside of this group. But the absolute worst people with power on planet Earth are by and large all going to be dead within 20 years. They're all old as shit. They're old as shit. Our capital is now the world's most expensive geriatric and memory care facility. They're going to die. And the people that are holding society back because they have so much because of the way it is, they're also older than shit. And they're all going to die. And I can tell you that they're all going to die because we all die. And all their fantasies about they're going to, you know, do whatever magical shit they're going to do or some drug's going to come out or they're going to have their memory and, you know, preserved in a computer box or something is bullshit. But maybe someday sci-fi world comes true. Not any time for any of these people, they're all going to die. This is life. Life's a terminal illness and none of us get out of it alive. If nothing else, there'll be a new generation that takes over because the current generation has outlived their usefulness. And I don't mean as people, right? I mean that if you're freaking almost 90 and you have to get around in a wheelchair and you don't remember half the shit that you did for breakfast, it's time for you to stop telling other people how to live their life. Right? It's time to stop telling other people how to live. What's her name? I think she finally died. Feinstein? Right? 
she had her daughter making decisions for her own personal finances, but she was still voting as one of a hundred votes on the floor of the Senate over what affects millions of people. That's outliving your usefulness. And I, 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 I honestly, I know it's going to be hard for you to believe because I hate these people so much. I honestly wish, just as a human being for other human beings, that these people at some point would go off, take all their ill-gotten wealth with them, stop fucking with other people's lives, and go live out whatever remainder of their life they have in relative peace. I have a nefarious reason for that. Some of you are like, really? thought you'd wish they all got eaten by a dragon or something. Well, that, would, that wouldn't be bad either. But here's what I actually think would happen. I think that these people, if they stopped being part of the system that they were in, would change as human beings. I think that the, all these people, remember one of my guests, I don't remember which one it was, he said something like, lizard people are people too, right? Like, I think the lizard people, they're not really lizard people. Uh, I think that they would have a change. And I can see this, like, Here's an example. My wife, very simple example, nurse for over 20 years, pediatric nurse, gave out probably hundred thousands of vaccines in her life. Always told me when I would say my crazy vaccine conspiracy stuff, how wrong I was. Quit nursing. Within two years, she was coming to me telling me things I didn't know about that world. Why? Not part of it anymore. Well, these people are such parasites. They've done so much damage. If they actually weren't doing speaking engagements and still, like you have so much money, you greedy bastards. Go buy a beach house in Florida that you say you hate, Pelosi. Set up, stop fucking with the world. Watch the waves roll in and out. And I bet you within a couple of years, they would become, in their old age, some of our best advocates for freedom and liberty. Even the worst of them. Because there's a point as you start to contemplate your finite nature as a life form, you start to look back at your life and you analyze it. It's better to do that before you're on your deathbed. I, You know, Joe Biden, as much as I cannot stomach the man, I think what's being done right now to him is elder abuse. I think he's senile. I honestly believe the man has dementia. I'm not saying that as a political agenda. I don't give a shit who wins the next presidential election. I don't care. I might weigh in with my opinions, but it's like an odds maker in Vegas who you should bet on in a game. But I, you know what the man should have done? He should have went down to Florida and fed ice cream to seagulls for the rest of his life. And maybe, maybe he would have connected with the human he used to be. I'd like to see that. That's not going to happen, though. So we have to at least be grateful that since they won't retire, I don't know what other way to put this. God, life, the universe will retire them. They will all die. Because we all do. Because we all do. Next, we get to do something that they cannot prevent. Even where it's a little bit harder to do. We get to educate our children. Yeah, I believe the children are the future. Yeah, okay, well, they are. It's not just a cliche. It's literally true. Because it has to be. Because we die, we get too old to do anything, we get to the point where nobody listens to us anymore. We should deeply listen to an 85-year-old person. Deeply listen to the wisdom, but we don't. We even can pretend we do, but as a society, we don't listen to our elderly. 
We don't listen to them. In fact, what we do now is we teach children to hate them. What what are those what do the Gen Zs say right now? You boomers ruined everything. You broke it. It's your fault that we're miserable. Do you think they're going to listen to the wisdom of the person that's 85 years old? You know, a person that's been on this planet for 85 years, when you're 20, they might just know a few things you don't. They just might have seen a few of the things that you think are new before. They might just have some good advice. We should listen to them, but we don't. We don't. But it doesn't have to be that way. We can choose to educate them. You know, my grandkids right now, they're 15 yards away from me. They're learning. They're learning the curriculum that they have from the school that we use, which is called Excellus Academy as a core. But they're learning a lot of other things. My grandson just got a, he just got an, uh, I wouldn't call it extra credit. He's like, a mandatory project might be the word that I just gave him this morning. Just thinking about the cost of housing and all the times I've said that if I was, you know, 15 years old today, 16, 17, I'd go out and work construction jobs. I'd learn how to do drywall. I'd learn how to do everything, and I would build myself a tiny house by the time I was 20. And even if I want a big house, I'd live in it cheap as possible until I had enough money to build what I really wanted. I'd get the land first, move the house there. It's like my grandson may not want to do that. I'm not going to tell him he should do that, but he's going to know how. So I gave him a project today. He's got two weeks to bring me floor plans of tiny houses. That's it. Told me you don't need to worry about finishes or whatever. I just want layout. Two scale. Explained to him what scale was. He's got two weeks to do it. Said watch some Tiny House Nation or something like that. Learn about it. Do it. Never going to get that assignment in school, Willie. Never. That's an empowering assignment. You know, he gets, I, I have another project for them that involves taking my thermal gun and finding microclimates and understanding why why is the front of my house 15 degrees warmer two hours after dark than my back porch is? 15 degrees. Cold or hot, doesn't matter. 15 degrees temperature variance. Well, once they figure out why, they're going to figure out what can be done with it. I get to do this. I get to do this. If you have a kid that's in their system, you can still do those things. The thing is, if you give them the freedom of a home-based education, they'll have time to really do them and embrace them. There's days it goes longer. My wife wants to pull her hair out. It happens. Kids are kids, you know. But most days, two, two and a half hours apiece. The rest of the day, they have freedom. So we let them have as much freedom as we can, but we still give them other things to do, and we guide their education. You're not going to be able to tell my kids when they're 25, they have to obey the things that society has set down and said they have to do in the order that they have to do. It's going to be impossible. I am raising, with the help of my wife and my son and my daughter-in-law, who give us the privilege of being able to do it, ungovernable children. You're not going to be able to govern that. Now, they're also not going to be going to get themselves thrown in the club fed either. But they're going to be, like, my goal, I want those kids by the time they're 18 years old, statist, jujitsu, fifth degree, black belts. That's what I'm raising. You get to do that. And there's over 3 million kids 
with that experience, that's a significant block of society that will soon be in positions of power and decision making, isn't it? There's hope. It's not a lost cause, but the cause is lost. This is time to rebuild from the ground up. I've talked about the fact that we were putting systems in place so we were ready and already began the rebuilding before the collapse. I've said that a lot in the past. What I'm telling you is when I look at society now, the collapse has come. It's here. You live in a society today where more than half the people believe a lie that comes from government that's a blatant open lie and that you can literally show them conclusive proof right in front of their face. You can show them the person who just said it wasn't true saying it was true previously, and they'll still believe it. The softening of the brains has reached, that's it. Because when you get people as stupid, as about half the people are right now. The people who aren't, we're never going to be. The last kind of IQ test was whether you were willing to go do what you were told and get something stuck in your arm that we knew nothing about. And those of you who didn't, you passed. Those of you who did, but you didn't want to, and you never would have, but it was going to destroy your life if you didn't take the gamble, I'm not picking on you. I get it. People that had 18 years into a 20-year career with a full retirement in the military, I understand why you did what you did. I get it. People that traveled the world for a living that were going to have to give up their business if they didn't do it so they could get on a plane, I understand why you did it. I understand why you did it. I'm not putting you down. But boy, do I admire the people who said no. I am not going to do this because it is more important that I protect my longevity than get along right now. The biggest psyop on the planet failed on you. There's a lot of us. And there's a lot of people who gave in. There was a lot of people that even willingly did it. That won't ever again. They've learned. They've learned. The momentum has shifted. The momentum shifted, guys. My final thoughts today. Sometimes I start using the terms like us and them, or I'll say, well, they did this or they did that. And somebody will come along and go, who are they? It is us and them. It is us and them. And a lot of people that you think are them are actually us. They're just plugged into the matrix still. But there is a them. There is a relatively, it's, it's, it's millions of people, but it's a relatively small group compared to the whole of humanity because it's not just the United States, right? Every major nation has its own cabal at the top of it. The communist Chinese do, the Russians do, the little shitty countries that you don't even know about, they have it. So all in, it's a lot of people that are the them class, a lot of the parasite class the intentional parapsychologist. But if I have to tell you who they are, as much as is out in the open, you don't want to know yet. 
you're not ready to accept that we're inside the black hole yet. You're not ready to accept that Olympus has fallen. You're not ready. It's okay. We'll be here when you are. We'll be here when you are. We're not, we don't turn anybody away here. The real liberty community, the one that believes in freedom for all humans. One thing we have in common with we, with religion is that uh, now there's certain actions that are outside of this, but just thoughts, everybody's redeemable. You know, if you're a pedophile or something, the only thing that redeems you is a dirt nap. Just to be like, this is not an all or nothing thing, right? But when it comes to like, I don't care about the, you know, the person that, that worked for the government job their whole life, that had a lot of power, that made a lot of people's lives miserable, but they thought they were doing the right thing. Redeemable to the world of liberty. All you have to do is just realize what you are. You're a human being. You have dreams and thoughts and spirit and hope. And then if you accept that about yourself fully, not compartmentalized, then you realize so does every other living human being on the planet. And once you do that, like when somebody says that somebody who's anti-war is a commie pinko, you just realize how stupid that is. Because the only thing you can be other than anti-war is pro-war and war is horrible and nobody should be pro-war. Just as one example. There is an us and a them. There is a class of people who control everything. They get together. They have secret and not so secret meetings. They just had one in Davos. They're there. They're real. We outnumber them. Our numbers are growing and theirs are shrinking. And most of what they do, you have to choose to agree with it, go along with it and accept it for it really to have power over you. It's up to you. Anyway, guys, hope you enjoyed today's show. If you did and you want to help us out, uh, one of the ways you can do that is by doing your online shopping at tspaz.com. That's T-S-P-A-Z, tspaz.com. I got an item of the day for you today that is really awesome, and it is the right time of year for it. It is uh, pruning reciprocating saw blades. Now, there's actually more than one blade in the picture that you'll see on your screen in a minute if you're watching the video. Uh, but the one that, ha- that is all the way to the left as you're looking at it is the one that I'm really talking about today. Uh, first of all, I'll say something about Diablo. Diablo is one of the best manufacturers of, like, drill bits, saw blades, tools like that. Like, I've used everything from generics to, like, the walls to custom stuff, like, Day-to-day, off-the-shelf, highest quality. In fact, John Willis just asked me this question by text message uh, like last week. I was like, Diablo. Diablo, period. Um, So it's just a great brand. Now, when it comes to pruning trees, you know, there's only so much you can do with like actual hand pruners and stuff before you got to start actually cutting some things. Well, the blade pattern here is basically like that of a bow saw, except it's not a reciprocating saw. They come out to under three bucks a piece. And this is the time of year to be picking them up. So that's the item of the day. Really recommend it. And if you don't have a reciprocating saw, it's one of those uh, tools I think you should invest in. Next up today, just a quick reminder, we do have the Simplified Bioreactor Compost course available now. 
You can sign up for it. You can learn how to make the best compost ever. I talked about investing in yourself, your skills, your mind, and your property today. This is a damn solid investment, so definitely consider signing up for the Simplified Bioreactor Composting Course. You can find that at homefoodsystems.com. With that, I do have a couple comments, like three only here, that I want to comment on. And uh, if you have a question for me or you want me to say something here at the end, uh, put question in all caps or comment in all caps, and I'll come back to the live stream one more time. Homesteading Heathen, let's uh, switch over there. Homesteading Heathen uh, sent us $2.99 with a super sticker. Thank you for that. Uh, like I said, after the crap that Google YouTube has been p pulling with the supposed ad frequency, I'm not turning ads on anymore. That's probably right there what I would have made if I had ads on during the live stream today. So thanks for that, man. That just makes it easy not to. And it's people that appreciate value versus some advertisement about some bullshit that I don't want. So that's better anyway. Uh, Tramel said, are there any food bearing trees that can actually produce black in black gumbo soil? Texas Hill Country. All of them. All of them. You don't have a soil problem. You have a structure problem. Black, Blackland Prairie clay is incredibly fertile. Take my composting course. I know that sounds like it's self-interested, but reality is you need biology. And then if it's right for the climate, obviously you're not, you know, if you plant, you live in a part of Texas like I do where it freezes and you plant an orange tree, it's going to freeze to death. It's going to die. But you can grow just about anything here. And you know what grows here all by itself really well that so many people are jealous that they can't grow? Pecans. Pecans. Uh, Survivalizer says, Hope Jack will cover how algorithms are hijacking our emotions right now. Well, I didn't directly, but I think I did indirectly. Everything's about harvesting your emotions. Everything's about harvesting your emotions. What, what's, what's the Biden campaign's message? Better for America, better for you? No, save our democracy. That's harvesting emotions. That doesn't make any sense. If you vote for anybody other than one person, you're not going to save our democracy. See how stupid? Like, just think about it. Like, that actually is a big part of my point today, isn't it? I mean, really, say, like, our democracy's at stake. If you elect the person that isn't the person we tell you to, it's the end of democracy. If you obey the state, and do exactly what the state says, and choose what we tell you to choose, then we have democracy. You see how dumb that is? And that, you know, that proves what I'm saying is right, though, doesn't it? The fact that people believe that? Oh, dear God. Really? Uh, Ecomouse says, Jack, now that I have funds, I will be joining the MSB this week. Thanks for making a positive difference in the world. Thank you, Ecomouse. I appreciate that. MSB is how we pay the bills around here. I don't push it super hard or anything. I just let people know it's available, but it does pay for itself. Now, if you don't have money, then, you know, if you're not going to use the discounts, I can't say that it makes you money. But I will tell you that I made a purchase this weekend that if I had to pay for my own membership, would have covered it. One purchase. So it is it is an investment, not just in what we do, but in yourself. Uh, Builder of Castles says, if we get a community where we are trading all the foods, we will notice when the will we notice when the economy collapses? Yeah, because you'll never, ever, ever live in a world where you'll have all the things that you really want and need only from your local community. 
We have had trade across oceans for as long as we've had boats that can go across an ocean. When we didn't have the ability to do that, we had people using camels on the Silk Road. There has always been trade amongst peoples, even peoples that saw themselves as adversarial or enemies with each other. As human beings, we are a species that trades with each other. That's part of our DNA. So, but we might notice a lot less than a lot of people around us. Because what you're making me think of is my grandfather, in a negative connotation, kind of, sort of, he said that, you know, he was really young when the Depression started, and he's like, they told us there was a depression, and we said, okay. And then I got back from the war, and they told me the depression was over, and I said, okay. But our life really didn't look any different. My grandfather doesn't have a lot of depression stories, like a lot of people's grandfathers that lived through the depression. He just didn't. Now, my other grandfather did. He was from a place where people had done a little bit better for themselves. If you were from a coal town in central Pennsylvania, when 1929, the stock market crashed, it didn't mean anything to you. It didn't mean anything to you. So I think that there is something to what Builder is saying. I just don't think that necessarily, you know, it, it, it would, it would be, it would completely not affect you. But who would be more resilient and who would be in the right place to take the opportunities that existed? So you have to think about this fall. Everybody sees it as this horrible thing. I see it as an opportunity, especially for those of y'all that are 20, 25 years younger than me. They're like, because I'm telling you what's going to happen when eventually we come out of this 20, 30 years into it, there'll be young people saying, well, man, you were lucky. You were around to capitalize when everything was cheap. Every generation blames the one before. Survivalizer says basically they're promoting the most inflammatory content, ignoring solutions and positive solutions. Yes. You get an A plus today. You've graduated with a Ph.D. from the Jacksburgo School of Philosophy and Logical Thought. You have. You have a master, you have a PhD. You got you got your bachelor's, your master's, and your PhD, all with that one short essay answer. I'm telling you. Anyway, guys, I appreciate you. Felt a little discombobulated today. I hope I did a good job. Went longer than I planned on, and I'm sorry I put the wrong name on the video. I'm sure that hurt attendance, but uh, we'll correct that, and hopefully this will be a useful one for people going forward. Just understand, focus on what you control. Everything else is just designed to keep you chomping at the bit and keep you in the maze. They call it a rat race for a reason. Here's the thing. You can stick in that maze and think, if I keep going long enough, I'll get a little tasty treat at the end. You might eat some poison along the way and die. The evil scientist may torture you and stress you to see how you act. And you can stay in the maze. Or you can realize that, like, there's no roof on the maze. Climb over the walls. Get a good look for things. If there's anything useful in the maze, grab it and leave. With that, I'll catch you guys tomorrow with another show. Are they going to bail you out or just run you around? They said you should have a house the American way. A dollar down, a dollar a month, and you never have to pay. There's a better way
a better way.